Alrighty, y'all. So, welcome to the third and final episode of my series on Black women with trichotillomania. Last week, we got to catch up with my beloved mother, and we talked a little bit more about what her hair pulling experience was like. And although she wasn't clinically diagnosed with trichotillomania, she did have some significant hair loss from that. So I want to answer two follow-up questions about my interview with my mom. One, so one thing she pointed out is that she was pulling hair as a result of a traumatic experience that she had in her childhood. And there was research that was done on these things. In the study about trichotillomania, researchers found that 25.8% of their participants experienced childhood sexual trauma and 20.6% of their participants experienced childhood physical abuse. So there may be some linkage to these traumatic experiences in causing the onset of trichotillomania. Also, the second question, is trichotillomania genetic? Hmm. Well, that's a question that I don't even have the answers for. The research clearly states that there needs to be a lot more research on the genetics of trichotillomania and also the genetics of OCD and to further to make that claim that it is genetic because there is some hints that it may be genetic. However, it has not been proven yet. And I think this is where we kind of hit a point in this conversation to where the research doesn't give us many answers. When it comes down to treatment options for trichotillomania, the options are very few. You have cognitive behavior therapy, you have web-based self-help, you have in-person reversal, you have hypnosis, we have acceptance and commitment therapy. So neither of these methods have have proven to be extremely helpful. Um, cognitive behavior therapy have shown the most positive results. So in regards to web-based self-help and in-person reversal, black people are extremely unsatisfied with these programs. They've reported that they're unsatisfied and also they've reported that these programs don't seem to be very beneficial to them. These treatment options, they're not extremely beneficial to them. So there needs to be some cultural shift in the way we treat. Some cultural adaptations need to be made for these online and these in-person reversals to work. There's just nothing at all that the current literature talked about as far as I've read in regards to treatment options that are culturally adapted to African-Americans. There is nothing at all that I've read that is beneficial, that has been created or, or even research to to that end there is a large need to continue to research trichotillomania in black women and also understanding treatment options that can be beneficial cultural treatment options that is because currently the research does not provide any help on that but i do want to introduce our next guest and the importance of black hairstylists in understanding trichotillomania and maybe getting to you know getting to understand what can black hairstylists do if anything in aiding black women in their fight with trichotillomania all right y'all so what's going on uh this is your boy destin checking in and today we're going to talk a little bit about black women um who are hair pullers or black women who have trichotillomania and we're gonna first start by interviewing my cousin my family uh, Deidre. So Deidre has been doing my mom's hair for the longest, as long as I know. And she's also just, uh, she's a stylist in general. So um, I just want to speak to Deidre and kind of get her experience with black women who are pullers. So Deidre, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. 
Hey, you guys. This is Deidre, Destin's favorite cousin. <laughs> are you um, are you talking about how long you've been doing hair? Um, um, so far I've been doing hair maybe about fifteen years now. Jeez, no. I know that long. Yeah, it's like fifteen years when I started. Right, right. Okay. Jeez, how, how, geez. What, 11, 11 years. Right. Man, <laughs> that's for as long as I can even remember though. That's for a long time. But um, DJ, I wanted to talk to you about your experience with um clients who are hair pullers. Have you ever, you know, met anybody who was a hair puller during your time as a stylist? Yes, I had two so far. Two. Yeah, yeah, I know it's, it's not. It, it's, yeah, I know it's not. Um, it's not yeah. very common at all. No, it's not. Not yeah, not at all. But it's. I mean, if it is, it's people like you say they hide it and they're ashamed of it, so they don't. They don't like to come to stylists anyway when they do stuff like that. But so far, I've experienced just two. Right. So, can you speak a little bit more about those experiences, like some things you've noticed or what you've seen? Just how that? How did that go? Um, well, one of them, we were friends for years, so she just, it was always a habit of hers, like when she's just idle and she's just sitting still, she would just always pull her hair. Mm-hmm. And I always ask her, like, why do you just pull your hair out like that? And she was like, I don't know, it's just a nerve thing. Like, if I'm not doing nothing, if I'm just sitting down thinking about stuff, I just start pulling my hair. So she pulls hers, like, out from the root literally and then she try to cover it up and hide it when she pulls it out and I never understood that because I'm like why do you pull it out and then you're trying to hide it but then it grows back so fast so she'll pull it out then she'll go get it cut and then she'll let it grow back and then she'll pull it out and then she'll go get some braids it was just crazy right and other who did it she said she started when she was younger when she watched her father get killed in front of her so it was like she put mm. like a deep depression and she just started pulling hair because she pulls the hair on her head but she also like pulls like her arm hair she'll just sit and just pick out each arm hair piece by piece right so I guess everybody have their own reasons for why they're doing it for the comfort or however it makes them feel the number of things that can trigger someone I want to know um, did what was the hair loss that these women were experiencing was was it noticeable to you? Yes, it was noticeable. <laughs> like the one who um the one who just pulled it just to pull, mm-hmm. she could pull hers out in like certain spots like around her edges so she could hide it. Gotcha. Whenever she did hers, she just, you know, pulled the hair down or, you know, slicked the hair down around the edges to cover it. The other female she would pull hers out in different spots. So it was kind of hard to hide hers. So she tried to like keep like certain styles, like she would want to wear a wig or she would get like a quick weave or something to cover it, to keep her from trying to pull her hair out. She would try to do stuff like that because we tried like braids and stuff, but she would just pull those out from the root. Mm. Okay. Okay. And do you think um, you found any of it? Any hairstyles that seem to be a little bit more efficient? So whether that be a wig or um, anything that just seems to be more efficient, like maybe in, in wake of like protective styles. To me, what worked for the one who just pulled it out all over, she just kept quick weave. So we kept like a, a net and a cap on her head. Mm-hmm. So it would be harder for her to get to it. 
through the hair because, you know, some people will still try to pick through it. But I kept multiple caps on hers. So it would be harder for her to try to pick through the hair, mm -hmm. pull her hair out. And then we gotcha. got to braid it. We kept it um, scalp braids under the net so she could get to it, but she couldn't get to it to pull the hair out from the root. Gotcha. Okay. And that's, that sounds, that sounds like, it seems like you all put in a few, a few different, you know, preventive measures to try to at least limit this, mm -hmm. uh, the effects of, you know, uh, their hair pulling. Once she took her med, like they gave her, um, I don't know if she was diagnosed with that, but I know when she did go to the doctor for the hair pulling, they ended up putting her on like depression medicine, antidepressant, mm -hmm. whatever, because they knew where it stemmed from. So when right. she could take that medicine, she wouldn't pull as much. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Hyp hypnosis type of therapy. Um, and I'm not sure how efficient it is, but it definitely... Um, it's it, it definitely being used to at least try to see if it can alleviate some of those symptoms in TTM. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Interesting. But I know you said one of them had a clinical diagnosis or one of them went to the doctor for it. So they probably uh, got diagnosed for it. What about um, the other one? The other one, she just never went like her because she, she was doing it as a child, but her parents just thought that it was just a nerve thing. So they would just always tell her, keep your hand out your head, you know, stop pulling your hair. They never took her. To the doctor, and even as an adult, she never went to the doctor to see about it. She would just, and even to the day, she still she just pulls, but she doesn't pull. She doesn't pull as much out, so she'll just sit, you know, like a little ant eater, just sits and just picks on, like she picks on her hair now, and starts right. completely pulling it out. Okay, gotcha. So, she, so it's kind of it sounds like it, the symptoms kind of went down just a little bit. So she. <laughs> She more so picks as opposed to pull yeah. um, constantly. Yeah, she pull, She picks at hers now, but you realize how much it is when she pulls their hair out to go get little styles to try to cover it up. She right. It's too much trying to cover it up once she pulls it out, so she just starts just picking at it. But I used to tell them, just go get a little mannequin head if you want to pull hair. Get a little mannequin head and just pull the hair out the mannequin. Like, right. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's so interesting. Do you think so? When you were talking to them about this, were they were they open to share with you, or did it seem like they didn't want to talk about it? Like, what was their uh, disposition behind it? Like the one who um was taking the antidepressants at first, she was a little you know skeptical. She wasn't like as willing to talk about it, but once she got comfortable, and because I think she was kind of like embarrassed, so you had mm -hmm. to keep you know, trying to convince her, like, it's nothing to be ashamed about, like, you know, a lot of people go through stuff, and you know, you might not know what they're going through because everybody don't talk about it, or whatever, so I was like, it's not anything to be embarrassed about or ashamed about, but at least you're talking about it because you want to help, mm -hmm. and you went to the doctor because you want to help. Right. And so the other one, she just, she just don't care, like, she don't talk about it with everybody, but when people just see her pulling in her hair, and they ask her, you know, what she doing or why she does that. And she'll just tell them, like, you know, it's just a nerve thing. Like, I've been doing it for so long. Yeah, I was doing a, a study recently, and it showed me, you know, Black women um, or Black people in general are less likely to um, seek treatment uh -huh. for, for these things. Yeah, um, And that can be for a number of different things, whether that's be uh, knowledge about treatment, whether that be available treatment, 
or it can be just lack of trust in the medical system in general that can lead people just not want to even get involved with, you know, the doctors and their medicine and their treatment. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, so I know you talked about, um, you, you, you know, you put on extra caps to help, um, one of your clients. If you were to have someone today, uh, come in and they have, um, you know, hair pulling or, uh, TTM, um, in wake of like this new, like natural hair movement and protective styles, would there be anything you do differently now that, you know, the, the knowledge around black hair has changed a little bit? Um, with the protective styles, with natural stuff, I would just keep it up, like twist it up, braid it up, something that's a little more difficult for them to actually pull their hair out from the root. Mm -hmm. right. Some people might, like with the one girl, she just pulls and she would keep pulling until she pulls it out. So, you know, it depends on how bad of the condition that the other person might have, but everybody's into the natural thing now so and natural hair is a lot tends to be a lot stronger than processed hair right. so i would just keep it you know braid it up twist it up something up so that it's harder for them to try to pull at the hair as opposed to just covering it up mm -hmm. okay definitely i was um interested in ways that you know therapists and uh therapists and you know, hairstylists can maybe work together to figure out, you know, how to best treat someone who pulls their hair. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, therapists doesn't, we don't know much about, you know, hair in general. Mm -hmm. um, especially if there's a white therapist who's dealing with a black client. They don't know much about black hair at all, um, generally speaking. And um, I think, you know, hairstylists are not familiar with the therapeutic pra practice. Yeah. So they don't know either, like, what on their end they can do to help. So I'm interested and just if you have any suggestions as a stylist that you think might be efficient for a client who has um, a hair pulling disorder, do, you, do you, anything comes to your mind? Um, I just think like trying to find alternative ways for them to like deal with the hair pulling, like instead of just as opposed to pulling the hair on your head, like like I said, like get mannequins or get something because I think it's more so like even with the nerve thing. But it's like they like the feeling of pulling the hair. And then they also might like the feeling of the hair itself. Right. So if you get something that kind of has that same feeling for them to substitute them doing it to themselves. Right. That would probably help a lot. Okay. There's some type of something else they can do instead of pulling their own hair. Mm -hmm. that, sounds, that, sounds, that sounds good. I'm going to definitely look into that because I never even considered, you know, Maybe a substitution would be good. Mm -hmm. Something else for them to use. So they just like the they like how it feels. They like the texture of it. So just find something else that has the hair that they can pull instead of pulling their own hair. Right. Right. Okay. And if there's someone who's listening to this on and they have hair pulling disorder or um TTM, what well, as a stylist, what, what what would you say to them? Um, I would just tell them to just be confident. Don't be ashamed of it. If you have that issue and you want the help, go seek treatment to get help for that disorder because there's a lot of people who are experiencing that same issue and they're afraid to talk about it. So you might be the one that can be the advocate for those people who are ashamed mm -hmm. to talk about it and you know share, the, share with the world their experiences and what they're going through and why they're going through that. 
Right. Yeah, I just, I, and I, th- I think that was beautifully said. Just to echo, you know, there should be no shame portion behind it. I think we're all going through our own different things. Right. Um, and I think, you know, some people are a lot more apparent with hair loss. But, um, you know, we're all going through our own different things and there shouldn't be any shame behind it. I think we should normalize in a sense this, this difference that, you know, some people are going to struggle with hair pulling disorder, you know? And I think that should be that that should, that should be accepted, and it shouldn't be as taboo as we make it seem. Um, and I think you know eliminating that shame will really help with working towards better treatment about it, and you know seeking mm-hmm. treatment. Just don't be ashamed of it because people have hair loss. People pull their hair out. People you know have alopecia, and you know theirs is something that they can't control. Like, right. Never be ashamed of what you're going through. Right. I think we uh we've always pushed behind like so there's so many different textures to hair like you have a whole chart behind it you know 4C and all of these different things but now it's time to realize like even with those different textures you know it's gonna look different across the board some people might have a full head of hair some people might have thin hair some people might have spots that are bald and due to alopecia or due to picking so just re- normalizing those things are extremely important in today's age and then we have so many options now. <laughs> that you can use to mm-hmm. cover it up so you don't have to be ashamed because you might be losing hair you might be pulling out your hair and oh you gotta wear a wig don't be ashamed to wear wigs because everybody wearing wigs now listen I'm telling you you know you got a wig on like oh no but now everybody wearing them so everybody wearing like don't be ashamed of might be having a little piece on and you don't even know it Right, you won't even know it. So, DJ, um, you, I guess a quick pub. Everybody here live in Kentucky, but just in case anybody ever runs to Atlanta, you, you do. Are you do you specialize in any styles that you somebody might want to run to you? For? We do it all, baby. Multi-talented. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Multi-talented. All right, all right. Well, all right, y'all. So I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, I just want to thank Deidre for coming. I know you know Sundays is everybody rest day, so thank you for even coming to interview with me and just sharing, you know, your experience with hair pullers and. Um, sharing your expertise in that area so I just want to thank you so much I appreciate you and thank you again you're welcome make sure you get all A's oh of course of course got to (laughs) alrighty you all this is going to wrap up our third and final episode of our podcast about black women with trichotillomania I just want to thank you all for listening all the way through it means a lot as I said before there's a lot of research that still needs to be done on trichotillomania especially within black women there's a lot of options that need to be explored there's a lot of treatment that should be explored and created so thank you all for listening peace and blessings thank you all so much